Don't be wasting any time, I got somewhere to be. Always on the grind, yeah, you know me. Hold the crown with Payback Time is a podcast that dives into the real story behind the person. How did they build their business? What challenges did they overcome? What mistakes did they make? And how did they achieve their goals? The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's payback time. Roth IRAs, overpaying for college, and how to pay for a Tesla without taking out a loan. My next guest just started a YouTube channel focused on personal finance and touches on the topics listed above. In this episode, we talk about how to speed up your learning curve and avoid mistakes on your own, if a college education is really the right path for you, and society's unfortunate focus on careers that require you to trade time for dollars. Times are changing and establishing passive income is extremely important. Learn more here in this episode. Please welcome Richard Carden. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Hey, good to have you on and can't wait to hear your story. So if you would, go ahead, take us away and give us your career backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So really excited to kind of share this with you. Um, so I say I have been in financial services for a while. Um, you know, I, I had the chance to, when I first started my career, um, working, I say kind of working from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. So when I first got to college, I learned a lot about finance and wealth planning and wealth management. But, you know, as I feel like in order to truly understand the business, you really have to start from the bottom. Yep. And so I felt like first thing I need to do is, hey, I need to work at a branch. I need to work at a retail setting. I want to understand what it's like to work the teller line or like mm -hmm. open up checking accounts or help people get connected with mortgage bankers. So that's why I really started off my professional career, really working in the retail setting of banking. Um, and then over the past few years, that has emerged and kind of grew into really spacing into the wealth management aspect. But I love personal finance. Um, I really want to kind of say like my my ultimate goal is really just to revolutionize financial planning and revolutionize investing and wealth management for people. And so, sure. um, you know, been really been uh, thinking over the past, you know, I say the, the great pause of COVID of how can I just funnel this energy that I have and really just blast it out to really help people. So got a lot in the drawing books and I'm really excited what I've been kind of working on and planning over the past several months. Okay, all right, well, let's start unpacking this. You said you've been doing this a while. How long have you been in wealth management? Yeah, so about, uh, say about three years. Um, really started off working in, in trust planning. Uh, okay. so this is fun, you know, we always talk about like, there's this big theme about generational wealth. Um, mm -hmm. What is generational wealth or how to obtain generational wealth? And I think the, the purest way of transitioning assets for wealthy people has come through trust. Mm -hmm. And so I've had some really close opportunity working with families to transition that that wealth. Um, and I and I think it's really interesting hearing people's background of how they obtain their their money. Or, you know, or you kind of hear this this phrase of, you know, like trust fund kids where what I've seen, a lot of people that have obtained money and are transferring money, they want their kids to earn it. Um, so I think that's also uh, something mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting too. So yeah, I that's why I originally started off and um, 
Now my goal is to really just work on the, I like to call the everyday people. So I have a vision of one day opening up my own personal financial planning firm because I want to help people that are just, you know, the average Joe. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a huge market that I think that the industry is not tapping into is, you know, the people that just have the average income or that are working to build towards the average income. I think that's... That's that's an area I think where really need some attention, and you can really have an impact on people's lives. Absolutely, you would. You may agree with me on this, but financial illiteracy is uh, it's it's worldwide. Yeah, it's actually, it's not just here yeah. in the U.S., but it's a worldwide problem, and people are yeah. not teaching the basics of of investing at a young age, right? Yes. So, do you work for like a family practice or a large firm? We would be familiar with. Yeah, so I work with a um a large firm um okay for the past few years um okay. and you know it's interesting cuz it's like large firm you would think um I always like to say some people think like large firm equals like a lot of resources and a lot of different mm-hmm. you know opportunities and all that and even from the client's perspective they they really like to funnel business really narrowly if that makes sense it's like they most of your large firms, they portray to to kind of have like a, um, I'll say like all these different products and services. And I think the, the true idea of a lot of these large firms is to really narrow people in. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of my experience to see. They want to get you in the door and kind of they have a plan for a lot of their clients. And um, so do it's kind they, of- do they fo- Sorry to interrupt you there. Do they focus on a particular product? Like uh, some large firms I know will focus on, let's say, life insurance. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, a lot of them do. So I've I work for I think they're they're number four or four in the country. So I mean they're they're, they're huge. Okay. Um, but you know once I from my experience, kind of just being in the industry, it's like get people in the door and then like hey let's really try to try to push them towards kind of like lending products. Got it. Um, you know like hey you can get a line of credit. Or you can get a credit card. That's one way where a lot of companies really push people in the doors, getting through a credit card first. So once you get the credit card, um, maybe you might want to check an account with us. Or, sure. But, but it's, it's interesting how, you know, just seeing the way a lot of companies have really, or particularly banks have really just tried to funnel people in um, through the more untraditional ways. So kind of interesting. So to give myself a little more context, what do you specifically focus on with your customers? Yeah, so I focus mostly on the the wealth planning side, um, really wealth trust planning, and, and that's kind of been my my professional focus. Got it. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. So if customers are coming to you, um, what do you kind of? Uh, you don't have to give specifics, of course, over the call here, but yeah. what do you kind of guide them towards? What kind of investment products or vehicles? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. So it's it's never a, a one one set answer, but my favorite type of, um, I, I say, but I think the number one thing everyone should have and invest in is a Roth IRA. I right think on. that's absolutely the key. Uh, nothing beats taking out your money tax-free. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if anyone wants to start investing, definitely go towards the Roth IRA first. 
I would even say to an extent, you know, when people get their first job, they always say max out your 401k. I'm not a huge fan of that um, because I, mm-hmm. I, I really think you really want to put that money into a Roth IRA instead of maxing out the 401k. So I tell people, you know, if you're looking to invest, where should I start? What direction should I go in? You mm-hmm. know, put your 401k in up to the company match. And then from there, funnel the rest of your money into a Roth IRA. I right think that's the, that's the way to go. I, I love it. When I was right out of college, that's exactly where I started was the Roth. Yes. And, and let's let's talk about that. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but this will help the audience is the big benefits of a Roth is you pay taxes now. So let's say you're at a lower income bracket. We're going to use some round numbers here, but let's say you're at like 24% today. Yeah. Yeah. You pay taxes on your Roth on the money going in today, but as your income increases and you hit different brackets, like let's say you go to, I think it's 32 or 33% and then up to mm-hmm. 40, let's say you're there at that higher income bracket at retirement age, guess what? You don't pay taxes at that percentage because you already paid it in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's the yep. beautiful thing of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've had clients too where it's like, you know, They've gotten to retirement age and, you know, back, you know, Roth IRA is fairly new. I mean, mm-hmm. 97, I think when it first started. So like you had people, even when the Roth came into existence, they're still throwing money into a traditional IRA. Yep. So now they're at retirement age and they see this money in there. They're like, man, have all this money in my traditional IRA, but didn't think about taxes. Yes. So we're already cutting <laughs> off like 20, 30%, depending on what bracket they're in for the yep. year. So it's like, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, if you're under 50, 6,000 to a Roth, 6,000 to a traditional, put the money into a Roth. And I think that's that's the way to go for people. Absolutely. So let's say you're at a company, you, I, I like your strategy there is, is hit your matches with your, yeah. um, I've got friends and family that have uh, benefits like that, a 401k, because you can get free money when they match, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love yep. that. And then yep. you then you turn your attention to a Roth. Let's say you have more investment money left over. Where do you go next? Yeah, good question. So once that Roth IRA is is, is mat, like capped out, mm-hmm. I would say it depends on what you're looking to do. Um, when do you need the money for? So I would say maybe go back to the 401k after you max out the Roth IRA. I think those have have great advantages to to do that. But also you can really get into some, um, I would say, the taxable brokerage account. Um, Really start putting money into a brokerage account. I think think it's a great way to go. And there's also really tax advantage investments you can invest into. Like if you're into muni bonds, that's a great way to get, you know, money out tax-free. Or even even though you're going to lower rate of return, but, you know, putting into treasury securities, it could be a good idea for some people. Right on. Um, But, you know, also think too, I mean, the capital gains taxes on your your brokerage account is still less than your ordinary Mm -hmm. income. So there's advantages to, you know, like call it the dividend investors where it's like, people really investing to get a high yielding dividend return. And that's always a great way to really kind of build some, you know, Mm -hmm. income. So I think there's there's plenty of ways to maneuver around the tax code to really get some, some good advantages for you. I I like your awareness of taxes. That's where a lot of investors, they, it can bite them unexpectedly. Like my audience, I serve the self-directed investor, Mm -hmm. which is a really fast growing segment of the population, not only here in the States, but 
around the world. And, and a lot of these customers are thinking about short-term uh, wins, like yeah. let's say less than a year, they're buying and selling stocks where they're not realizing mm-hmm. that, yeah, you made some money there. Guess what? Now you got to pay some taxes short-term, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that's a great point. You bring that up. I don't recommend that people, I'm, I'm a little passive. So I say, mm-hmm. if you're going to put money into the market, you got to wait, you got to wait over a year. Um, you want the capital gains treatment and also, you know, a lot going on with, especially this year, just with the GameStop craze and, uh, <laughs> you know, the crypto, like everything is going to the moon. Like, let's let's get our money. But it's sure. it's very, you know, got to be cautious with that. And, and you can't flip. You can't flip a lot of assets quickly. And I think a lot of people just think like, hey, you know, I can throw money into the market five months later. It should double. Take it out doesn't work like that. Right. Um, the best gains, you know, the, the people that have the best success in the market is when they, they leave it in for a long time. Mm-hmm. I always like tell people, you know, people's like, oh, well, you know, what if you invested in Amazon 20 years ago? It's like, would you have the discipline to keep the money in for 20 years? Right. You know, because it's, I mean, you could have brought Amazon stock for what, $10 a share back in the 90s, maybe. And if you would have kept it, you would have been filthy rich now if you had a ton of shares. But I mean, people might have put $10 in and now it's 90 and it's like, well, it's time to pull out. So you really have to know, like, am I doing this for the long term? And if so, how long am I doing this for? So totally. Yep. So you hit on a, a few good points there. I'll touch on one of them that's top of mind, which is the buy and hold. And I mm-hmm. I do teach the investors that uh, I work with and you want to commit, you want to look yeah. at a few stocks and you want to commit for the long haul, like you just alluded to with Amazon, the kind of returns you would have made. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. Uh, his name is Ronald Reed. He, mm-hmm. His story is he, he was a janitor and he amassed about $8 million over his life. So how does a janitor make that much money over his life? And mm-hmm. he did it by buying and committing. He would buy and commit to stocks, individual stocks. And then as the market dropped, he would just keep buying more. So you lower mm-hmm. your cost basis and you can increase your multiples there. But he just kept doing that. He didn't really learn this from anybody. He just, I guess it was kind of maybe common sense taught from his family, but mm-hmm. he just was disciplined with the buy and hold instead of the, I'm going to buy for a few months and then exit. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right. That the buy and hold strategy is good. But you know, you got to be cautious with it too, because you know it's you can hold, you can hold for too long. I mean, there comes a totally. point where it's like, you know, gotta get out. Um, and I, I think it's 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 hard. It's really a fine line. I think there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of behavioral finance where it's like, you know, some investors like they they just, you know, they just make sharp decisions and don't think much about it. But it's right, you know, it's really like everyone wants to have the risk tolerance to, to sure. buy and hold, but you just got to know like when's the right time to get out. And in most stocks, fortunately, I mean, most of them that are, you know, in fairly good companies, they're not going to just drop 30% in one day or 30% in one year. So it's like, right. it's you most times you're, you're pretty good with that long-term buy hold strategy. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to tank it in a, right. you know, like that. So totally. Right on. So that that's great to hear. This gives me a little perspective on your investment experience and, and what you do full time. So um, how I found you was actually through YouTube. You have yeah. a YouTube channel. So let's talk about that a little bit. What motivated you to start this channel and give the audience the name of the channel? 
Yeah, so it is Cardin Financial. So um been in YouTube really for about the past uh say about eight months or so. And mm-hmm. I love it. I you know I, I really love kind of making videos directly for the people. Um I think I want to be that type of YouTuber on words like I'm gonna put out what I think is best for the people to know. I mean, I think I have a ton of great ideas I'm really going to drop this summer. I'm really about, you know, personal finance, investing more. I really have a great one coming soon about how I got an MBA debt-free. So I think that'll be a good one for people to check out. So I think there's a lot that I want to share. Um, you know, I, I have this this quote where it's like, you know, smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise, wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So mm-hmm. I think I really want to put together a channel where it's like, hey, we've all been through things, but like, let's teach other people so that way, you know, they know the path forward. Sure. So I, I think really want to build this type of community where people are learning about personal finance and they're, they're getting into the movement. Because I think... You know, we're we're at this beautiful time period where it's like there's just so much information available to us. Yep. But we just have to seek and find the right information. So I want to be that source where people can be entertained, but also learn a lot. So right. um, really got some special stuff coming soon. I can't wait. Well, I love the philosophy. And instead of learning from your own mistakes, which can take months and in some cases years, yeah. I love the idea of learning from others. So can you share uh, maybe a, a challenge you faced and how you overcame that? Yeah, I'll tell you um, one thing I, and I, I feel like kind of going to personal finance a little bit. I think this is great great topic of discussion because it's like, I think this generation is going through a huge student loan crisis. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, unfortunately we're, we're in this era where college is just going through the roof, but I think we're, we're at this belief where I say belief, cause it's, it's not, there's not necessarily a strong correlation with it, I think, but um, most people think that I have to go to college to be successful. Like I have to go to college to to get the job that I want. And I think that's one of the biggest myths we tell teenagers where it's like, you can make a great living by not going to college. Right. You know, it's, I tell you, my, my dad has, is a truck driver, didn't go to college, but he makes a lot more than people that have gone to college. Yep. I have gone to college. And, and it's like, yeah, I make a good living, but it's like, you can make an even better living if you find the right trade or if you find the right Correct. area that you want to want to work in. So back to your question a little bit, I think my, the biggest learning experience I faced was really the student loans and borrowing a lot of money to go to college. Mm. Um, you know, when you're, when you're 18 years old and it's like, I feel like this is my opportunity to really make better life for myself. So that's what we all go to college. So everyone goes to college for. And, you know, I think looking back, I was like, man, I borrowed way too much money. Um, (laughs) I didn't even think about applying for scholarships. Um, I didn't think about finding a job and using that job to pay tuition or using the job to pay for student loans. And I think when um, I left college and looked at those statements, I was like, holy crap. This, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a problem. So that's just started the grind. I mean, it's like, you got to unshovel yourself as fast as possible. And that's through, mm-hmm. and that's just, just what I learned just through my experience where it's like, you can get yourself through a problem, 
but you got to find the solution to get out and also help other people not go through that same situation. Totally. Um, so I think that's kind of just the thing I've been really overcoming. Cause it's like, it slows you down to life. You know, it's like, there's things you want to do or get or buy. And it's like, yep. yeah, you can do it. But when you have this mountain of just student loans behind you, it's like mm-hmm. in good cautious, you can't, can't do that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I, I have to ask this, uh, have you burned down the debt or you still have a little bit out there? Yeah. So burned it down. Um, not as fast as I would like it to. Okay. Um, you know, I've had this interesting philosophy a little bit where it's like, take care of it, but I also want to find a good balance of investing and growing yep. at the same time too. And it's a delicate balance. Um, mm-hmm. for, for me, I, especially over the past year, just given with COVID and kind of the, the, the pause for payments, I really felt that was a great time to really grow investments and grow yep. investing. So I've been using the past few years to kind of put a pause on on the, the student loans and really kind of grow the investment side of what I've been doing. So totally. um, I've been, in other words, been chipping it down, but not, I mean, it it needs to need to get better. Um, and I think oh, I'm, I'm full, full aggressive with it, I think in the next few months to kind of just get it tackled and taken care of. That's awesome. Good for you. It, yeah. It sounds like you've you've got a, a laser focused strategy to remove it. And I I love your mission there. One of your missions is to uh, prevent others from you know taking on the same situation. I I am with you. I feel like the path to a prosperous career is not college. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. There's certain trades. Yes, my and I'll be specific to the audience is if you're going into engineering. Sure. Great. You're going to get a fast payback time. If you're going into finance, probably same thing, pretty fast payback time. But if you're going into liberal arts or history, uh, you don't need to do that, Mm -hmm. right? There's other ways you can do that. If you want to do that, you don't have to spend four years and a boatload of money. Yeah. You know, I say I have this passion just with the, you know, the college and picking a major and all that stuff. I believe if you don't go to school for engineering, finance is iffy. I mean, you can, finance is one where I feel like it could be on the border depending on, you know, exactly True. what you want to do. True. But really, I think engineering, nursing, or yep. obviously if you have to go for a professional school like dental or, you know, pharmacy or, or something in that manner. Um, I, I really think you don't really need to go to college. You know, there's a lot that you can learn. I mean, think about the past year. It's like, there's been so much just on the internet through YouTube or buying mm-hmm. books and attending master classes. You know, one thing I, I, it's interesting. I always tell people, what do you really go to college for? And people's right. people kind of pause a little bit. It's like, what are you really going to college for? <laughs> and, you know, I, I always say I went to college and debated with professors about this and, and other people in school. I went to college to get a job. I didn't really go to college to learn no. necessarily. If I want to learn, I can get the same books that are on the syllabus. You know, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of schools will have their required books that they use, like on the website or the syllabus for some classes on their website is available mm-hmm. to the public. You can literally go on schools' websites and find exactly what they're going to be learning this semester and find the books and resources outside of going to school. Totally. So it's really like, you know, if I'm going to school, you really have to really either go for like a professional school 
or like engineering or nursing. Mm-hmm. I think I think nursing is yeah. one of the best undergraduate degrees. I think, um, but you know, it, it's not it's not necessary. You know, I I believe in learning, but I, I believe in learning efficiently. So um, totally, it's interesting how the narrative of college has been for teenagers. Exactly. Uh, one of my buddies is a he's a professor. He has a PhD, and he teaches something to his students. He's like, you don't actually learn during school. Your learning begins after you graduate. What you're going for is your degree, because that is mm-hmm. that can be a ticket, depending. Mm-hmm of the type of job you want to get into. In some cases, like you just alluded to, you don't even need the degree, mm-hmm. right? You can get into it. Like like my background is tech. There's a lot of people who will go to a code camp for like mm-hmm. nine months or something and they'll come out and they'll get a great paying job instead yeah. of four-year yeah. degree. Yeah, like totally compress your timeline. You can come out with a much um, higher salary than, than otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a quick commercial break. Imagine this. You've been putting money away for years, if not decades, with the hopes to retire someday. But at the average rate of 6%, you realize you have to work another 5 to 10 years longer than expected. Not fun. Since the 1980s, more than double the Americans have to work past the age of 65 and well into their 70s until they can retire. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working into my 70s if I have to. I want to enjoy freedom. The freedom to spend more time with my family, traveling, and picking up new hobbies. In fact, I want to retire early and I think most of you would agree. The problem is a 6% return just doesn't cut it. However, did you know a 15% return can nearly cut your retirement timeline in half? But how do you make more than 15% in the market? Introducing Ticker, a platform that helps you find low risk, high return stocks. I've been using Ticker the last five years to generate average returns ranging between 15% and 50%. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. Have you talked about, I'm curious on your channel or around your uh, circle of friends and family around the growing demand of trade jobs? Like I'll give you an example right now. I live in Wisconsin and finding a contractor like a carpenter is extremely difficult. It took us like two years to find wow. somebody to um, create a new deck. And this is not a huge deck. We're talking like 12 by 16 feet or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I really try to push that for, you know, mm-hmm. push that conversation a little bit more. You know, it's, I think it's a tough conversation. You know, I've had a lot of family, friends, or associates where it's like, you see this like 15, 16 year old, and it's like, then you start mm-hmm. asking those questions, hey, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. And then, like, as soon as you hint telling, you know, the child, maybe you shouldn't go to college, a lot of parents really get like, that's bad advice. And you oh, kind of sure. wonder, yeah, like it's it's not, um, especially someone who's who's been through it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot recently than you've been through it, you know, things have changed. It's when people, parents age, like, you know, parents that are giving their child advice about going to college, yeah, the price of tuition was significantly reduced. Oh, for sure. You know, getting a bachelor's degree in the 80s was like a huge deal. So like you can go places yeah. with that, yep. you know, and it's the, the market has changed. And when you tell kids, hey, you know, go get a trade or even go to community college, a lot of people, I think it's it's kind of like a society kind of oh, thing, sure. I would say. 
And it's like, I can't go to college or I mean, I'm sorry, I can't go to a trade school. I can't go to a community college. I have to go to a four-year school. Right. And it's like, what do you, what do you like about the school? The football teams like watch it on TV on the weekends. It's like, <laughs> it's like you get the same right. experience, you know, just go to the game on Saturday. You don't have to pay the tuition to go to the sure. game. But I tell you, it's interesting. It's like, I was recently one day, like at the dentist and I was just thinking that the dental hygienist did like most of the work during the teeth plating. I was like, mm-hmm. after I left, I was like, damn, how much do they make? And some can make up to like fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. Yep. And they go to a, a trade school. They go to a community college. They get yep. they're done in two years. So you can go to a, a community college. Maybe go to a program with what ten, fifteen thousand. Maybe I don't know, depending on where you live at. Of course, it could be less. A lot of it's less. Go to school for two years. Get become a dental hygienist. You're twenty one years old, and you can make like fifty thousand dollars a year with no debt. But society says you have to get a four-year degree still, but I can make the same amount of money that most four-year degrees are making by going to a trade school. So it's it's something we really need to push to like, you know, trades are important. Community college is important and you can learn the same stuff by going to a community college and and graduating debt-free. I absolutely love it. This this is one of my favorite topics because, and you're right, like as soon as you talk to a parent and you start, you know, steering them down or just, you know, opening the conversation to, have you thought about plumbing or electricians yeah. or yeah. welders? I had a buddy, give you context here. I graduated college in the mid 2000s. When I first started college, tuition was like 2,500 bucks a semester. Mm. I went to a state school. Wow. So we're talking like five to six grand a year. By the time I graduated, it was probably closer to seven. Um, but still, I mean, I worked full-time job along with school so I could pay off all school along the way because I did not mm-hmm. like <laughs> student loans. My parents yeah. were like, you're not going to have student loans. So um, they helped out a little. And then, of course, I, I paid the rest. But um, it's like it was cheap. But like nowadays, it's like your payback time of your college degree is significantly longer than you think in Imagine this, you come out of school, like my buddy who's a welder, he came out in like 2003 or four, he was making like 50, 60, he was making like before age 30, he was making close to a hundred as a welder. And it's like no debt. Like if, you know, by that age, if you were saving enough and investing correctly, he was on a trajectory to retire by age 40. Yeah. It's right. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. And we need a we need stories like that more to be pushed out where it's like, hey, you can you can go to a tree, be a welder, be a plumber, be a be an yep. electrician. There's so much you can do there. And it they're in high demand. They're in yes. such high demand where yep. it's like you'll have a job once you graduate. There's some people in four-year programs that you know take some six, eight months to get a job, be a welder, be a plumber, be, mm-hmm. be like find a trade where it's like you're going to be in high demand. You'll make a lot of money. And I think that's the way to go. I I love it. We got to flip the equation and motivate people to get into the trades. And another thing is being a homeowner. I don't know if you own a home, but like when you hire contractors to come over, what age, pay attention, what age are these people? It's usually men and it's Mm -hmm. usually men that are nearing 60. Who's taking these jobs over? No one. It's a big problem and it's only going to get worse. And anybody listening, if you want to start a business, learn a trade and the simple things that really set you apart, like wear a polo shirt, come with a smile on your face, 
have a business card with the website and your email address that matches your yep. website, right? You you come out the door with those things and a smile on your face. Guess what? Guess who's getting the business? You. Yeah, I'm telling the great point because it's like, especially when you have contractors, it's like if you take care of me, you get mm-hmm. the job right. I'm telling everyone. Yes. Everyone's going to know who did my, you know, my job I had to get done. I'm telling everyone about you. So literally you just, you just get in the industry, you grind hard for about two years, show up, smile on the face, get the job done right. You know, shake hands and all that. I'm telling you, your business will spread like wildfire. Yes. You'll be so busy. You'll have to turn down people. It's you will make you, you'll just, you'll grow quick. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's so beautiful like that. It, it, it's so good. Yeah. It hundred percent, man. That is, I, I tell you, and it's not hard. And when you don't have a lot of competition and you, you've got a good attitude, like it is just win, win, win all day. And absolutely. And I'm like, if a part of me is like, I love the path I'm on now, but fast, you know, or rewind 20 years ago, I would have been like, Hmm, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, not, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Right. Sweet, man. So personal finance, I love talking about what else can you, what are some other hot topics on personal finance you like to talk about? Yeah. I'm telling you, I've been really into this, like um, this financial independence. Yeah. I, I I think, you know, I, and I feel like I'm going to write like a book or something, or just like have a really good YouTube series about this coming soon. I, I call it like chasing 65. So I, I look at it, it's kind of a twofold thing. It's like most people end up retiring around 65 years old, give or take. Mm-hmm. And if you do the math a little bit, it's like if you, you know, we have what, 52 weeks in the year, right? And if you have those days off, mm-hmm. plus average holidays are 10 days a year, and plus average, you know, vacation days can be about three weeks, that's 15 days. When you add all those days up, you are working for someone 65% of the time. Yes. So it's kind of like that chase in 65 or it's like, I got to get that 65% back. You know, when we look back on life, it's like, man, we spent so much time working, so yes. much time just like doing jobs. And most of the time we don't like and putting together a plan for financial independence, I think is so important. And it's not as far reach as people think it is. Right. You know, you don't need to be a multimillionaire to retire at 45 years old nope. or 50 years old. You know, you make strategic decisions early in your 20s or even early 30s, you know, get a house paid off soon, reduce debt as much as possible, invest, find great dividend, high yielding dividend investments. You can retire young. And I like to say retirement is like you stop doing what you have to do so you can start doing what you want to do. Right. And that's yes. what it really is. You know, if you if you wake up on a Thursday and it's like, I'm not feeling this. You know, you set yourself up for financial independence. You don't have to do it. Right. But some people are like, you know, I'm, I have to go to work. You know, I have to pay a bill. Like I have yeah. to pay my rent or mortgage. And I just think life is just too, too special to spend majority of your prime years, just like mm-hmm. working for someone and getting what 15 days off a year, and, <sighs> you know, weekends in return. I think life is so much more than jobs. And even for people that like their jobs, it's like you just you want to have that experience just doing whatever you want to do. And I think I think it's hard for some people to really vision it. And they think, oh, when I retire, 
but it's like, I don't want to be 65 years old and just old and I can't move as fast as I can to yep. have free time to do whatever I want to do. So I think, you know, we, I have some really good YouTube series coming soon, really talking about fire and financial independence. Cause I, I think that's, a, that's building momentum. And I just want to put a match and just light that up. And that way, like totally people can learn about it and get on it. Cause it's, that's, that's, it's so important to, to achieve financial independence. This is also, you're hitting all my favorite topics here. Love it, yeah. I love fire. So when you're in your 20s, lower 30s, a lot easier to get to. But let's say somebody's in their upper 30s, maybe 40s, maybe 50s. And, the, and as you yeah. get older and you're in the same type of job, the um, I will say this, and this is from my past experience of working with people of all ages and being in the IT industry long enough, is the older you get, the less you really love your job or even yeah. like your job. It's stagnant. You have to do it. You have to be responsible. Um, what are your opinions on how does somebody get after financial penance or retiring early? Let's say they want to, instead of 65, they want to retire at 55. How would yeah. you recommend they do that? Yeah, good question. So I would say that the first, the the easiest way they can do it without you know going crazy with investing is working to pay down your house as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. I think housing, any most people's budgets, like 28% you know, of your gross income. So could be more depending on if you overpurchase, but that's that's a huge chunk of money just going out the door. So I say aggressively work on paying down your house. Mm-hmm. Um, then once the house is paid off, then you kind of look at, hey, can I downsize from here and take, you know, the equity that I have from the house? And then from there, I can start, you know, having a lump sum of money invested. Um, but I really think for people that are, are kind of in their 30s plus, I think the easiest way we can kind of get there is, is to get the house paid off. Right. I think that's the number one expense that people have. And, and it's kind of like for ones that are iffy with investing, I mean, it's kind of like you're getting a return, you know, on investment through the, you know, the appreciation of the house too. So I think that's a great way for, for some people to go about. Right on. I always recommend to people get those credit cards paid off the highest Highest interest against you, yes. get rid of the fastest. Yes. 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 You know, and that's interesting you brought that up because it's like there's this idea of kind of what they call like the uh, the snowball. Snowball. Effect. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and I kind of disagree with that because, mm-hmm. you know, you ha- you have to really go towards the highest interest because you, you're paying more money at the end of the day. Yep. So it's like, why pay a loan that, you know, might have a 4% interest, but it's the lowest, you know, kind of the lowest balance when I have this 22% credit card that I have, it's just yep. tearing me up every month. Yep. I mean, take care of that. Take care of the highest interest rates first. Um, you, you know, it's crazy. It's like, it's, I don't, I don't carry a credit card balance, but when I was in college, you know, it's just being stupid. And I did. I just had this coming to the life moment where I looked on a statement. I was like, holy crap. Yep. They're charging like 24% interest. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's crazy. They're ripping you off. And they're making people believe, like, oh, well, you got you got a two percent cash back, you know. <laughs> like, okay. Like, yeah, you know, like I mean, keep keep spending two percent, get your two percent yes. back, get your mileage. I mean, and you know, it doesn't, you know, there's a way to beat credit card companies that is not overspending, but paying that balance off every single month. Um, you know, don't and there's 
you know, is one interesting quote told me there, there's a reason why these banks have big buildings. Yeah. <laughs> because people are, are getting ripped off with things like credit cards. So um, yeah, you're right. Take, if you have credit cards, get, get rid of them that they, they will hold you back. Yep. Yep. Tackle those first. And then I always tell people, if you get rid of those, then get into investing. Like, like yeah. what you're doing. I like what you're doing with your, your student loans. Cause there are people out there who would advise, get those paid off first. Then they'd say, pay off your home first. And my advice is if you can beat the market and there are ways you can do it, then um, get into the market. I'm, yeah. I'm a big stock investor. So yeah, yeah. it is pretty easy, but it's like, you can outpace the interest you have on items yeah. like that. So yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent agree. Sweet. Well, is there any other questions I should have asked, but didn't before we get into the rapid fire round? Mm, man, um, you know, I can't think of any. <laughs> um, not necessarily, no. We'll, we'll definitely have you on again. I, I love the topics you brought up. We'll definitely be touching on trade jobs as well as fire again. Yeah, love it. Love to. <laughs> Sweet. Well, let's dive into the rapid fire round. This is where we get to find out who Richard really is. Yes, let's if do you, it. If you can, answer each question in 15 seconds or less. You ready? All right, fire it my way. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Oh, man. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I kind of like that the, there's TED Talks. I, I'm a really big fan okay. of that. Just write, writing down and kind of getting some good insights. So I love that. Is there a recent speaker that you listen to and would recommend? Oh man, not off the top of my head. I cannot That's okay. Any. Um, no, but I just have them saved on my, my podcast queue. Nice. All right. Next question. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? Man, I am, it's interesting. I'm a little nerd. I'm an informational reader. So I, I am big on just reading like books, like informational books. Um, but one book that comes to mind, um, it's one called like um, Mind Your Business. And it's like this hmm. kind of like this um, interactive book about starting a business. I think it's pretty, pretty neat. That's awesome. Good recommendation. All right. Here's a fun one. What is your favorite movie? Oh, good question. Uh, you know, I one, I say Remember the Titans. I think that's oh. a, it's a classic. I love that one. Great movie. Probably my favorite sports movie. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite food? Pizza, hundred um, percent. New York style in particular, but I you know I discovered Neapolitan style a few years mm -hmm. ago, and and that is pretty pretty close Good in choice. competition. <laughs> Good choice. I love the no hesitation. That was a yes. split second. Yes. <laughs> All right. How many hours do you work per week? Um, forty, but I would love it to be less. <laughs> You're getting there with the fire uh, movement yes. in, in your mindset. Yeah, you're on your way. All right. How many hours do you sleep each night? I probably about six and a half. Okay. Yeah. A little lower. You got to dial yeah. that up. I'm like up like 5 a.m. every morning just like working on something. There's like something okay. like I'm I'm doing. Always got to be moving on something. So I'm, I'm wired. <laughs> okay. What is your workout regimen? Um, you know, I'm, I used to be big on like cardio. I'm kind of, kind of slowed down with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, really just like overall, but I, I love like the classic, just like sit-ups, push-ups, like dumbbells. Sure. So I'm kind of, kind of in a rhythm with that, but I need to get back in the cardio space. There you go. All right. And last question here, if you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit? And what would you say? I would go back to being 16 years old. 
Mm. Um, I think when you're in high school, junior going to senior year, I think it's like that pivoting moment for a lot of people. I would tell myself, you know, be fearless um, and, and and embrace the opportunities that you're about to you're about to have. Um, I think during that age, you know, you're, you have no, you know, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. There's, you have no debt, you know, you're just full of energy and passion to just be fearless, you know, go after whatever your passion is and don't look back. And one thing I would love to tell people, don't take advice from closed-minded people. I think there's, there's closed-minded people will tell you, don't do something, you know, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not good. That's not for you. Don't, don't take advice from people like that. Just be fearless and just go with it. Great advice. We'll definitely have you on again. <laughs> yes. Love to be on it. Sweet. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where can the audience reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube is the place to go for me. Um, Carden Financial on YouTube. Like I said, got some great content coming up soon. Um, Fire Movement series coming this summer. And um, also have my video about graduating with an MBA debt free. So I went through my undergrad, was loaned, but changed the way. So I love to share my story. So be on the lookout for that video coming soon. That is awesome. Looking forward to that. Yes. All right, Richard. Well, hey, thanks a lot for your time. This is fun. Yeah, enjoyed it. All right, have a good one. Don't be wasting any time. I got somewhere to be. Always on the grind. Yeah, you know me. All the crown will be mine. You can call me king. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable, and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya. Don't be wasting any time. I got somewhere to be. Always on the grind. Yeah, you know me. All the crown will be mine. You can call me king. A matter of time for you all love me. Finally at my prime right where I want to be. I'm one of a kind. There ain't no one like me.